Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 40 called Jasmine. So guys, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, which is Extend Fertility. When I interviewed my fertility specialist, Dr. Joshua Klein, in a past episode of Infertile AF, I was super impressed with his new clinic. I went there and saw them in action and what they're doing and how they are forward thinking in terms of fertility, how they're being a little bit of a disruptor in the industry. I love that. They're really founded on the premise of democratizing egg freezing and IVF so that they could change the industry and deliver better results. Dr. Klein and I talked a lot about how it's important to him that he makes it less miserable for people going through infertility, which I thought was super important. And in the past two years since they've been open, they've become one of the largest egg freezing practices in the country with over 2,500 cycles. And one of the best things I think is that they're super transparent about their prices. So some of you may have experienced a little bit of what we went through, which was a little bit of a bait and switch when you go into your clinic and they tell you it's going to cost X amount, but oh, if you want this, that, and the other thing, it's going to be this much more, but they don't tell you that till later. So Extend doesn't do that. They are super transparent. They lay it all out there and say it is what it is, but they have financing and flexible payment options, and they're actually priced up to 40% lower than a lot of the other egg freezing clinics. So they do egg freezing, they've started to do IVF as well. And if you're interested in either of those things, definitely check them out at extendfertility.com. So Jasmine is a writer and a single woman who is in her 30s. And she's going to tell us today about her experience with freezing her eggs. So I just want to put it out there that at one point, she talks a bit about the pros and cons of taking drugs to grow your eggs while you have endometriosis, which she thinks she does, but it's never been 100% confirmed. And she talks about some of the things that her doctor told her, which could be considered slightly controversial. So I just want to stress that, as I've said many times before, this is not a medical podcast. This is girlfriends talking or sometimes girls talking to guys. So while we love to share information, we are by no means the authority. I just want you guys to be careful and know that this is people talking about their own specific cases. So when it comes to you, please talk to your own doctors, get as many opinions as you can, advocate for yourself and all that good stuff. I never want to steer anybody in the wrong direction. So please seek out medical advice if you have any questions. Cool? So without further ado, this is Jasmine's infertility story. Jasmine. Hi, Allie. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming. You wrote this great essay in the New York Times. I don't know if you titled it this or if they did, but it was called Great Expectations." That was in fact my title. Was that your title? <laughs> I love all the egg puns when it comes to talking about fertility and infertility and all that. So I read your piece and I just thought it was great. So tell me first of all, how that came about and what it was about and all that stuff. The essay, you mean? Yeah, the essay. I was out at a party and I ran into a college friend um, and we just kind of got into talking and um, we have a mutual friend who was the person who gave me all of my drugs when I froze my eggs. So he was 
kind of privy to like her fertility struggles because she um she had been going through IVF for years trying to have a baby okay. so that was like our mutual friends but then I got to talking and I don't know maybe I kind of overshared and I was like oh yeah it was so great of her to give me all of her leftover drugs when I froze my eggs and he had never really heard of the fact that women were freezing their eggs or oh. just how common it was okay so I think that for me was just like a little trigger like oh wait that's interesting that people don't know that it's almost like this rite of passage now or something that just right. everyone who I know who's single in like their mid 30s is right. almost doing like almost automatically tell me how you came to do it in the first place in the article you said that when you were 32 you went to a psychic right so what yeah. Happened? What happened with her? Well, that was also just, I was at a party and there happened to be a fortune teller there and okay. I had never sought out a fortune teller before, but since one happened to present herself to me, my coworker had just sat down with her and was like, this woman is amazing. She knew that there was a man with dark hair coming back into my life. So <laughs> I was like, all right, if, if, if you're that convinced, I'm going to go over and, and, and talk to her. So I sat down with her and she was like, you know, I see... I see money for you. I see a relationship. And I'm like, great, I'll take it. And then she all of a sudden, like her face changed. And she was like, you don't want kids, do you? And I was like, what do you mean? Are you saying I can't have kids? And she's just like, well, go get everything checked. And she just kept reiterating that. And I was so freaked out. Really? Um, Did she ask you if you had kids already? Or was she just like... No, actually. Yeah, she was like, just go get everything checked. And what was very interesting is that I had been on birth control because I always suspected I had endometriosis. But it was kind of like a... Like, no one really talked about endometriosis that much it was almost like I mean I don't know if you remember it was like you just suck up your period pain like it was almost like kind of looked down on you if you complained and I was always kind of as a writer just a little melodramatic about things so um yeah Yeah. I just assumed that like that this is just the pain that everybody kind of went through with their okay so did you Um, have really painful periods very painful which got even more debilitating every year which is also kind of common with endometriosis is that it just gets worse and worse. I didn't go on birth control for a long time. A lot of women who did go on it right away, like my sister did, my younger sister, that kind of stops it from growing. So I probably would have been better off. But I think I was just, I don't know, I just didn't want to go on drugs if I didn't need to. And, you know, three, you know, I would be in severe pain, like I would sit in a bathtub for like three days. Um, But then afterwards, it's like you kind of forget until the next month. Okay. So So, did you you said your sister had endometriosis? Or did it run in your family? It does run in my family. We didn't you don't know definitively unless you do um, the laparoscopic kind of procedure where they put the camera in. So even now, like, can I a thousand percent say I have endometriosis? No, but like doctors... Oh, so you haven't had it checked out? No, but doctors have said they've seen it in my um, in my um, ultrasounds and stuff. But right until like they go in, like, you know, I can't officially say that I have it. But okay. there's a very strong correlation to, you know, if I had the kind of pain that I was in and my sister has it because they saw it when she had another surgery. Right, okay. So there's, right, I probably have it. Um, and okay. I just just always had really bad symptoms. And then there's another weird stomach condition that I have since learned is tied in with endometriosis. And I only learned this from having frozen my eggs. And it's called SIBO, S-I-B-O. And it's um, small intestine bacterial infection. Wow. I've never heard of that. Oh, really? What's funny is when I, that was another thing when I published this article is that someone contacted me and you know, I was very careful. I only had a thousand words in the time story anyway, so I didn't want to start like throwing in my own scientific hypotheses that hadn't been like really proven. But I had done my own research and reached out to a couple of women that I saw had endometriosis and this like baffling kind of what it is. It's it's like a food allergy, but um, but something about the adhesions of the endometriosis causes this where 
your stomach just like blows up. Like it kind of blows up when you have your period, but it also blows up in response to like certain foods and it's like a digestive problem. Hmm, And they do treat it with antibiotics, but this is still like so relatively new and there's more research being done. But there is, you know, a proven now correlation between endometriosis and the stomach condition. Okay. Anyhow, so I'd always had that my whole life and everyone dismissed my endometriosis symptoms as being um, like a gastro problem. So it was just this never ending circle of tests that nobody could really conclusively point to anything. Uh But then I did eventually go on birth control and I was managing my symptoms. I didn't have to sit in the bathroom tub for like three days every month so I was fine but then right before the fortune teller thing happened I went off birth control just because I don't know I my, my brand got discontinued and I just happened to be off it so maybe that's what that woman was like picking up on so I've been off of it for about a month okay and she's like go get everything checked wow so at that point I went to my and I was pretty I was living in LA at the time and I was still pretty new to like doctors and things there and I saw the gynecologist who I wasn't like totally in love with and she's like you're fine and I'm like but it hurts when you like press my abdomen and like I had had that for a long time I'm like why does it hurt when you yeah touch my abdomen and other people still like would do tests and they're like you're fine but then my um I went to my general practitioner after that and after the fortune teller thing and she was like I'm gonna send you for an ultrasound and the ultrasound showed that I did have like a like cysts filled with blood in each of my ovaries oh my god which had probably grown in the month that because the birth control kind of keeps that from happening it keeps you from getting cysts and stuff so at that point I knew that there was there was kind of a problem and I started investigating the endometriosis again but ultimately didn't go through with the laparoscopy because it just wasn't a problem for me I went back on birth control and I was fine and like you know why have a surgery if you're you're fine that's a big deal to have a surgery so how old were you at this time, if you don't mind me asking? I was around 32. Okay. Lived in LA for a couple of years, uh-huh. over the course of which I would come back to New York. And uh-huh. for some reason, my New York friends were way more forward thinking with fertility. Okay. I don't know if it just so happened that I had like older friends who were living in New York mm-hmm. too. And I came back for someone's birthday dinner. And we were sitting around this table and it was just, you know, a group of New York women all in their black. And they were kind of older than me, but my peers and single or... You know, some were married, but they were all, someone raised, someone said, like, raise your hands if you've frozen your eggs or, like, gone through IVF or done, you know, any, that procedure. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's the same process, like, the Mm -hmm. egg freezing that you, the same first part, only you don't freeze the eggs, you use the eggs if you're doing IVF. Right. So, so, someone was like, raise your hands, and it's, like, 15 girls, and literally, I was the only person that didn't raise my hands. Really? And I was like, oh my gosh, if, like, almost 100% of my peers are freezing their eggs. Yeah. You know, then maybe this is something that I should really think about. Yeah. Did you know that everybody at the table had gone through some sort of something with it? No. Or? And and okay. what's funny is then everyone had gone to the same doctors and this and you know, okay. and they're kind of comparing notes. But um Yeah. Did yeah. everybody have a pretty good experience with it to your knowledge or yeah, were they yes. saying like, Oh my yes. god, you haven't done this, you have to do this, Jasmine? Like, well they what were the- saying that and what's funny is I ended up doing it at like I started it at thirty five, but then we ended up getting the eggs when I had turned thirty six. But that's like old now. Like now it's sure. like as young as possible, you know, in your early thirties. But yeah, at that point I knew that like if there's something that every one of my like educated friends are doing, then this is really something right. I should kind of take seriously. Because had you always wanted to have children? Yes and no. I'm kind of one of those people, which is probably going to be the minority on your podcast, but if I was not in a situation where I, I don't know, I I, I really like, I would, I would like to have kids. I never thought I would not have kids, but I wouldn't force it if it didn't feel like it was the right 
yeah. thing for me in my no, life. No, I think that's great. And yeah. thank you for saying that because, yeah. you know, obviously everybody's different and for sure. not everybody's, you know, dying to have a kid. So, but it's scary to think that your door is like closing. Like I think sure. that's the, the scarier thing. Yeah. So and what I'm, was the impetus behind doing it? Just so you had like that insurance on the back end, just in case for the, in, yeah, absolutely. And also, and this is going to get deep and maybe a little bit sad, but, um, I had been raped in my early, in my late twenties, actually oh, when God. I was 29. I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. Um, and I've written essays about that since, but that did a lot to kind of really, I think, holds me back from dating and moving forward in my life in a lot sure. of the ways that I had wanted to. And yeah. this process, I mean, I had drafts of the Times essay where I put this in, but in like a thousand words, I'm like, let me keep this as simple as possible. But I just really, this was such a blessing to me in that like science gave me this this way to kind of still have something that maybe I, I, I wouldn't have had otherwise because I'm still recovering and like learning to trust men again and getting used to dating and, 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 and other opportunities that I wouldn't have had. So yeah, like, of course. that was just like a really, ama- but like a lot of my friends are doing this process and like haven't had anything happen to them and right. people are just meeting people later or maybe right. working harder. So I don't right. think it's, it, that was like, that's such a distinct thing in egg freezing, but I think in my life it was just sure. because I felt a little bit like slowed yeah. in, in my natural progression. Right. That makes total sense. So what happened when you decided to move forward? You went to the doctor that your your friends and peers had recommended and Yeah, my job, yeah. you know, I was working on staff at Variety and when I turned thirty-five, I just knew that like I don't want to wait forever. I want to go back to New York. I want to go to the doctors that my the the one that my friends had went to, and they were gonna let me transfer. I mean, I didn't tell them why, but I was just trying to transfer back here, and then they mm-hmm. wouldn't let me at the last minute. But I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna move anyway. So I really did kind of uproot my life with like this kind of in mind, just because I I knew that it was a priority for me. Mm-hmm. The and other you wanted th- to do it in New York, not in Los Angeles. Yeah, you know, now it's a little bit different because now I have friends who have gone through the process there, but I just didn't want to mess around with like doctors I didn't know. Okay. I wanted like yeah. you know, I have family here. I wanted like my mom to give me the shots and it just oh, yeah. yeah. So I just I felt more comfortable doing this in New okay. York. Where... Are, did you grow up in New York? Yeah. From yeah. Here? Oh, I grew up in Brooklyn as well. So. You did? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And your parents, so, your mom's still here? Yeah, okay. my sister's in Brooklyn Heights, so yeah. Okay. So everything, yeah, everyone's kind of here. So then I decided to move back, and when I was 35, like halfway through being 35, um, but it was definitely something in my head where it was just like, okay, like this is like the marker. Like, I mean, now obviously as early as you can freeze your eggs is is better, but in my head it was just always like, this is the age they tell you that like after which, you know, like, you know, it gets harder and pregnancy is like geriatric or, you know, you're right. (laughs) That term. Every time I hear that, because that's what they call. Oh, I I did the little air quotes if you can't see them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that, I've said that before on the podcast, but that's what they called my pregnancy with my son, geriatric. Uh, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I mean, I was 40 and 41 when I had him. So I guess that is geriatric, but it's just, we're like, can we get a new term? Can I we get know. A new I'm right in 35. It's, Hello. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then the other thing on my mind too, is that the thing about endometriosis is that it does attack your egg reserve. So then when I came back, I went to the doctor that all my friends went to. He immediately saw that I had not like, not like premature aging, but I had fewer eggs than someone, a 35 year old woman should, which he did attribute to endometriosis at that point. Okay. And he also thought that, um, yeah, uh, he saw the endometriosis in in the ultrasound. Okay. This is where it gets a little controversial and they didn't want me to mention him a lot because, you know, legally... It's kind of like there are two schools of thought now. Like, so this process potentially grows endometriosis, which someone had told me told me later. 
but I never knew that. So I had gone to another doctor afterwards and he said, you know, the first thing I tell my patients who have or think they have endometriosis is that there are pros and cons to doing this procedure. Is that So it, doing the egg freezing and taking the, all the drugs that you take to grow, the eggs will also grow the disease. Oh, And it's whoa. just this little thing that like, I just wish I had known. Controversial. Very controversial. Right. They were like, we don't want your doctor to get, we don't want to be accusing him of malpractice or anything. Sure. But I mean, it's documented that he wrote that he like saw endometriosis in my ultrasounds but then the other but then possibly he just felt differently because then the, there are other people that tell you that because you have endometriosis you're gonna your eggs are gonna you're gonna have fewer and fewer eggs and you should do this process because you know it's gonna be endometriosis unless you reverse it is sometimes infertility it's like defined as infertility so mm -hmm. there's different ways of treating it so I don't want to be that hard on my doctor because maybe he's of he was of the the school that thought that since you do have, you know, these forces kind of fighting against your fertility, why not freeze your eggs, you know? Mm -hmm. But I just wish I had known so I could have like made a choice and been aware that Sure, that. yeah. So That's interesting. We'll have to look into that. And I just have to say also, this is not a medical podcast, obviously. <laughs> so we're just chatting to yes. girlfriends. We're not saying X is definitive or Y is definitive. It's just, just this things. is Jasmine's experience. Yes. Right. Okay, so you once you started going through it, mm -hmm. you said that at one point you felt like a science experiment. So tell yeah. me about that. I mean, I guess it was just interesting because you know you hear what it's going to be like, but then you're at, when you're actually going through it, it's just it's just different. I mean, it's not like a fun process, but I was aware for the, I was aware that it wouldn't be like a fun sure, process. Yeah. Um, so you got all the drugs, and was your mom giving you the shots? Yeah, she okay. was giving me the shots. Oh my god! Oh, we would put your the mom. ice. Well, that's like a trick. Did you do like we would put the ice first, sure, and then like numb it? And yeah, then. and then um, do the different hormones, and then each day you'd go in, as you know, for testing, and they would kind of tinker with what you should be taking right. based on how you were responding and how your uh -huh. eggs were growing, uh -huh. and they want the eggs to grow, but they also uh -huh. want them to grow at like the same rate, and so yeah, so I did that. I mean. That's not actually what took so long. Like that was only like 10, 12 days of okay. doing that. It's more just like timing everything because when I went in at first, I had another cyst. So they gave me one of like the trigger shots, like induce ovulation. And then they were like, all right, now you have to wait a month. And then, so it was more just like the waiting in between that uh -huh. was kind of um, time consuming. Okay. So while you were going through all this, what mm -hmm. was happening to you emotionally? I know you said also in that article that you had kind of like raging emotions. So was, yeah, I were the mean, hormones hard on you? The hormones were hard. Like my abdomen kind of like really blew up. And I think I just, you know, you feel this like sense of inadequacy of a, as a woman that I had never felt before. Yeah. Why, why do you think you felt that way? I guess because like I always kind of have like looked young for my age and been like really athletic and I think I you know I'm in good health and so just to feel like there's this thing that you can't control that you can be as like healthy as you want and yes. you know as I don't know diligent as about things and and there's just this this factor that you can't control which yes. is you know I know exactly what you mean yeah so that was frustrating just seeing and also I'm like an overachiever so it's just <laughs> going in and he's like yeah you have Five eggs and I have friends that got like 20 eggs their first sure. time so I was like oh my god why do I only have five yeah so is, is that's what happened with the first retrieval you yeah got five? I, I, I got five I mean I had friends who had done this I, I was aware also that you know as, as expensive as it is like you know it's it's really kind of prohibitively expensive at mm -hmm. like it was ten thousand dollars for the procedure and then like Four to seven thousand for the drugs, mm -hmm. and fortunately, I got those from a friend. But um, right. yeah, did you get them all passed down? From I friends? did, and the ones yes. that I didn't need, that I didn't get from her, I had another friend who just finished egg freezing, but she had been trying to get pregnant and doing IVF for like two years, so she like 
had so much like it was just insane what okay. she had yeah like yeah. $15,000 of drugs or something wow so I definitely felt inadequate it was just it was upsetting I was scared I was yeah. scared because I had never really thought about how the endometriosis or whatever it was could have affected me um sure. so that was happening so then um, what happened with the five did they then like so those five were all good fortunately um and and, oh and so then the other thing I knew from having friends and and family a cousin that did this is that most people I knew had to do this twice okay like I knew that like it was kind of rare which is the other thing you don't hear about that you kind of just usually doctors will be kind of more conservative at first because they don't want to overload you with hormones or risk something happening so it's like they'd rather like start slow know know how you are going to respond to this rather because you know if if there are too many eggs and they mature too fast like your ovaries can twist or burst or like there's other medical yes. co- things you know risks that you don't want to take yes so. I remember that them telling me that when I was going through it that they're like don't exercise I know I know because you don't want something to twist or get like jostled around or and I you know was that's like, such Whoa. a visual that stays in your head <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely okay so you had the five and then you froze those well the procedure then- I mean I had a very negative experience with this first procedure okay tell so me um I know you had a not a great recovery. You fainted, right? And you Yeah, so out. I went into this and all my friends were like, the procedure is nothing. It's so easy. I went right back to work. You know, you don't feel anything. So I was just like, let's just get this over with, kind of. And when I woke up, and it wasn't my doctor doing the procedure. It's, it was um, it was a place where they kind of just, whatever, whatever surgeon was doing the procedure that day, it was the one you had. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean, if people do this in the future, maybe you can just request that your doctor be the one to do the retrieval. So all sure. these things I've learned. Yeah. Um, so I woke up from the procedure and I was in just excruciating pain. Mm-hmm. Like I was so scared. I didn't who was know why. With you? Was your mom? My mom there? was okay. there, yeah. but I woke up and, um, and they told her I was up and then I was just in so much pain and they could see, they were monitoring my heart rate and they could see it dropping, dropping, dropping. And all of a sudden and I just fainted. Oh I was God. in so much pain. It was my body. Like I, I have fainted before I do faint with like blood tests and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's more just cause I freak out. Yeah. I just was scared with the pain. So then I came to and they kept me there for a while, but I was still really sore, which is weird. I was sore from like all the way up, just like by my like sternum all the way like down. It like, it hurt. I, I couldn't, um, I went home. I like literally like we stopped in the lobby cause I was still really dizzy and I couldn't like walk and it was just, um, I was just in a lot of pain. And then what was scary is that it didn't subside. So a couple days later, I was just like, again, I was like, is this me? Am I just like being a baby about right. things? But what's like, but, is this normal? What's normal? What's going None on? of this is normal, right? I know, I know. And so yeah. it, like I didn't urinate for the whole first day. Like, wow. and that's like a sign of a surgery, like something going wrong is oh, when you can't God. urinate for the whole day and okay. when you faint. <laughs> yeah. So like they literally give you a sheet before they're like, if any of these things happen, and it was like all three of those things that happened. Oh, shit. What was the third? I don't remember. Okay. But I had a friend whose husband was a doctor and I spoke to him. Yeah. Um, but I ended up going back. I don't know if it was the next day or two days later. And I went back and I, you know, I was just really scared. Um, and so they let, you know, someone looked at me and they were like, you have loose blood floating through your body. Like, we don't know what happens, but there's like loose blood. That's why you're feeling this pain. Because it hurt when I would pee. It hurt. Like, yeah. it was really scary. And there, so they, different doctors there told me different things. One, one like hypothesis was that maybe they hit an endometrial cyst, that maybe there was just like okay. a cyst because it's not sure. just in your ovaries. Endometriosis could be anywhere. So they could have hit a cyst and that burst and that's why I was in pain and that's why there was loose blood. Maybe blood leaked out of my ovary because when they retrieve the egg, sometimes I guess blood could leak out of the ovary and go okay. other places. 
I mean, I don't want to scare people, but I also just think if I had heard a story like mine, it possibly maybe would have maybe given me some pause or I would have considered Yeah, no, I think that that's why we're talking about this is because you didn't have a great experience Mm -hmm. and it's good for people to know that there are risks involved and it's not always easy peasy, like, oh, just go and get your eggs frozen. You know, there's Mm -hmm. a lot more that can go into it, so... So that was the first procedure. I ended up recovering. My abdomen is still descended. Like that never went away. It's more like, and I'm like, a, everyone's like, you're so skinny, but it's more just like I feel bloated mm-hmm. all the time. So that never That's not went a good away. Feeling. Yeah, no, it just feels like something's pushing out from within. Ooh. And that feeling just never went away all of these years. Which wow. Is, I know. So how many years ago was this? One thirty-eight. So that okay. was just like over two. Yeah, two yeah. Half. Okay. Still, um, wow. Yeah. Um, but then I ended up doing the procedure a second time because after all of that, I didn't even have ten eggs, which was like the kind of goal going into this. Sure. And I'm like, I put myself through all of this. I might as well, you know, at least get the number of eggs that's recommended. So, right. so how long did you wait? He put me on a different birth control, and they were kind of timing everything. They wanted me to wait like a couple months, so I just followed what they wanted me to do, mm-hmm. and then I did it another time. And actually, that procedure went perfectly. Okay. Like, like had that happened same to me doctor, the first time, same every, or like you know, it actually clinic, ended up or? being the same surgeon because I told you they rotate, which I hadn't thought about. And then I saw him again and I freaked and I was like, oh my God, like yeah. the guy that this happened with last time, but it was, it was fine. Huh. So whatever happened to me the first time was like some kind of fluke And you never thing. knew what the blood was attributed to, right? It was just, they never no, really No, everyone told to me something different. Yeah. It was just, I mean, they kind of narrowed it down. Either we hit like a cyst mm-hmm. that, you know, cause I told you that the cyst had been filled with blood, right. the other one. Right. So either we hit the endometrial or cyst or blood leaked out of your ovary when they Mm -hmm. were retrieving it which I guess could happen Mm -hmm. so yeah I mean I ended up having how many eggs like closer to 15 like maybe like 13 or Uh something like that but you know and I was definitely not doing it again at that point so you know am I happy I did it Yes. Like, I think I would have had more regrets not doing it. Mm-hmm. Do I wish I, I, I kind of had more information going to this, particularly about the risks? You know, this is still, you know, somewhat of, of an experimental procedure. You know, they're kind of like tinkering things with each woman and like things can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do wish I kind of knew that side of it. Mm-hmm. But do I think I would have more regrets like not having done it? Like probably. Yeah. So that was like my underlying message of the story is that right. even knowing all of this, like, you know, going back to the whole fortune teller thing, if I could have looked into a crystal ball and seen all of this, would I still have done it? Like probably. Right. You know? Right. Okay. So and that so, is the good and the bad and the... <laughs> sure. And you said that one of the other things you wrote was that you're out a considerable sum of money, which I'm reminded of every six months when I have to fork over more to keep my eggs on ice. Yes. So what's the... Just so in case people don't know, I know it's yeah. different obviously everywhere, but what's the ballpark of like, is it you have to pay every six months or is it every, every year? Every six months, yeah. Okay, so every to six keep months them it's frozen? 500, yeah. Wow. Which I just okay. paid. I know, and it's also a reminder like, yeah. what are you doing with these eggs? You I know? heard somebody say, they were like, I'm paying rent for kids that don't even exist. Oh, that's <laughs> like, really funny. I thought that was a good line. Well, a friend of mine, um, what's funny is she had just the the one I was telling you about, she just used her eggs, but um, I don't know, she had to weirdly transport them herself from like one facility to another. Really? So she literally has like a picture of her with this big, I don't know, like some like freezer looking thing. Right. I know, I know. Wow, you would think they had somebody that <laughs> would do that for them. Okay. So another thing you wrote, and you just kind of mentioned this, but just in your own words, you said, sometimes I wish I'd never froze my eggs, wish I hadn't been so quick to tamper with my body without asking any questions researching the dangers or rates of success. Mm -hmm. So thank you again for 
you know, saying that for sharing it, what, what else have you learned since either writing this or doing it? Have you had any other kind of takeaways from this whole experience? I think I've more seen how hard it is for friends of mine to get pregnant when they're ready, you know? And I think I've like, it's just such a gut-wrenching, expensive process. So even though I felt like a guinea pig for like eight months, I have friends that live that way for like four years or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, just, just going through so many hurdles and, um, you know, as a woman, if you even think there's like a small chance that you do want to get pregnant, like, you know, maybe this, this is like a, a good way to have, you know, an option. Thanks again, guys, for listening to my conversation with Jasmine. And I want to thank her again for coming over to my place where we recorded this and being so candid about everything she went through. I'm going to put some photos on my Instagram at infertileafstories, so make sure to check it out there. And also, if you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the podcast. We're getting tons of traction and the ball is rolling, so let's keep it going. Thank you guys so much. Talk to you next time.